Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, we have a special guest, Crystal Renault Day, founder of SheRecovery.com. She's a coach, she's a counselor, and she's part of an upcoming awesome event, the first virtual summit for women pursuing healing and freedom from porn. Crystal, welcome to the show. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is awesome because we are talking about women on a show that's specifically for men. Um, maybe a little bit of a surprise for some guys today. And yet I believe it's absolutely critical that, that we learn from you and that we learn from our sisters in Christ. So thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do? Absolutely. So I'm, like I said, my name is Crystal Renaud Day, and I have been working in the area of female pornography addiction for over a decade. My first groups, I led them in 2007. So this has been something that I've done with not almost half my life, but getting there. Um, and it's something that I feel like the God's called me to do and, and to use it and, and to do this and provide opportunities for women to find help, hope, and healing from addiction. That's because it was my own story. I was exposed to pornography at the age of 10 years old. And that was in my home, in my brother's bathroom. And of course, aging myself, it was a magazine. I'm sure many of the men who are watching can relate to that or listening can can relate to that. And it just stirred up so much in me at 10 years old. I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know anything really at that point in life. Just really hadn't had an in-depth conversation about sex or sexuality with my mom yet or anything. And so when I stumbled upon that magazine, it was a whole new world it was intriguing. It was, I was curious. I was shocked, but also there was a little bit of shame and I knew I wasn't supposed to be looking at it. And yet I did anyway. And so I engaged in that magazine, those magazines rather for a number of months, a number of years until one day they weren't there anymore. And then um, I realized where else can I find this? Where else can I get this material? So we're at the age of of dial up at this point and still, um, it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it worked. It was sufficient in order to find pornography because even even then, there was plenty to find, and that then became a daily habit, um, regularly, every day, multiple times a day, sometimes. Um, that behavior led to other sexual behavior. I don't want to go into too much detail since you guys, um, I don't want to be mindful of those, of triggering words and things that might be difficult for some to hear. But, you know, it took me places I never thought I'd go. It kept me there longer than I ever intended to stay. And it took me to some dark places and scary places and dangerous places with my behavior. And it wasn't until I met a woman when I was almost 19 years old. So we're talking nine years um, of struggle, almost a decade of struggle, who told me her story that I even knew women could struggle. Um, I believed for my for that entire time from the age of 10 on that this was an issue for, for men. This was not an issue that plagued women. And so because I struggled, there was something wrong with me. But it was because of that one woman, that one Christian woman sharing her story with me about her own pornography use in high school 
that I was able to say me too. And that, and that kind of entered me into um, just the, the, the arena of recovery and, and healing, which of course took a lot of effort. It was accountability. There was counseling, there was prayer, there was fully surrendering these issues to God and realizing what was, what was the root of this issue in my life. And I'm, I'm from the philosophy or perspective that addiction is not a life sentence. I believe that, that there is total restoration, total redemption, total healing. And that has been the experience of my own life. And so I had, I was perfectly fine in just saying, thanks, Jesus, got through that. I never want to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the, when, I was, when I was 25 or 24 years old, I was on staff at a church um, doing graphic design and media. And our pastor had come out that he'd been having a long-term affair with someone else on our staff. And that was kind of the catalytic event for me that showed me that even those we would never expect can have sexual brokenness and that I had a story to tell. I had an experience that was difficult and shameful and all of these feelings, but God was saying, I did a good work in you. You found healing because other women shared their stories with you. And so it was time for me to share mine. And so that's when my group started. Just kind of snowballed from there into kind of this ministry that I never, I never saw coming. Um, originally founded it as Dirty Girls Ministries back in 2009. Recently rebranded to She Recovery. Um, since it is, we, we dissolved Dirty Girls Ministries as a nonprofit um, for, for a number of reasons. So we renamed, rebranded. Um, and now I do counseling. I do coaching one-on-one -on -one and also in group format. I speak on these issues. I write on these issues. And now we're doing the summit, which is really, really exciting. And it's been, it's been kind of incredible to see what God's done with a girl and her story. Amen. And, and what he's still doing and what he will do. Why do you love helping women specifically? It's what I desperately needed. I mean, I remember being 15 or yeah, 15 at summer camp, um, accepting the Lord as, as my savior, but yet still struggling with this. Um, I didn't get saved and then miraculously not have this issue anymore. I knew what it was like to feel alone. I knew what it felt like to feel like the only one. And so when a woman finds my site or finds, us, finds me somewhere else, like through a podcast, like this one, I, they, they, they write me and they say things like, I had no idea other ladies struggled. I had no yeah. idea that somebody was like me. And I just wanted to always provide a space for women, to, for, women, for women to have that, for them to have a space to find that healing in community mm -hmm. and, to, and to see that they're not alone and that there's a space for them at the table to talk about these issues. And so as the years went on, I, you know, I went back to school. I mean, I, I failed out of college at 19 um, and had no intention of going back to school. I was so proud of my lack of student loans at that point. Um, but I went back to school at 27, got my undergrad, and then got my master's degree. So it's not too late to start what, what you feel like God is calling you to do, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful. And so now I have this the credentials, I guess, to back up what I'm doing. But to be able to walk alongside women, whether whether, whether it's one on one or whether it's in a group format, it's such a treasure to me um, to get to see my story um, continue to be 
redeemed over and over yeah. and over, but then also to see their stories redeemed and seeing the restoration in their own lives. And now they're helping other women too. Yeah. Um, so that's really what keeps me going. Yeah, Crystal, you're giving the gift of going first. Yeah. I feel like there have been many, many resources and pioneers for men struggling with these issues who have carved a very wide highway for us to get on board. It seems like for women, it's like still the wilderness and trailblazers like you cutting down the obstacles so that others can come behind you. And that's what I see too, is there's so much power in going first in leading with vulnerability. And yet we have some different terrain here. There are some unique challenges that women face that we don't face as guys. I'm thinking of, of times when I've told people, yeah, I'm in a group focused on freedom from porn and felt celebrated, felt like, oh man, great job. You know, what is it like for a woman to share that kind of thing or to be struggling in silence? Women don't share that they're in a group like that. I mean, they really don't. Um, first of all, there's very few um, groups available for women, and that we're trying to change that. Obviously, at She Recovery, we have, we have weekly groups there now that meet over Zoom, but there's just not very many. If you were to Google, you know, support group for women with pornography addiction, you won't find it. And most of the time, they'll tell you to go to, you know, help it recovery or something like that, kind of be in a co-ed environment, which is not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. And so if there is someone in a group, a lady who's in a group and she tells someone, oh, I'm in this, I'm in this fellowship group or this recovery group for women with pornography addiction, it's not met with a lot of praise and a lot yeah. of championing and saying, good for you. It's a lot of cocked heads and confusion mm -hmm. and judgment, quite frankly, saying well, women don't struggle with porn. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, which, of course, is so damaging and just takes them straight back into the into the isolation and and shame. And shame is so not invited to the table for recovery. Right. So it's it's just not productive at all. So that's one of the greatest challenges women have is lack of opportunity for help. And then when they do have it and they share about it openly, they feel judged. And what are you supposed to do at that point? What are some other things we need to know about our sisters in Christ who are struggling with the exact same things as us? I think it's important to understand that it's not that different of a struggle. There's a lot of you know myths about it saying the women struggle with erotica only, or it's not visual pornography. They're not visually stimulated. So it must be just the written word or it's, it's romance novels or it's um, just the shades of gray and stuff like that. But that's not what what's happening. It might've been true for my mom's generation or your mom's generation, but girls today, women who are my age and younger, they're, they've, they've been exposed to hardcore pornography on the online just as easily as men have. And so their entry into pornography is not this sweet, soft core porn, it's hardcore pornography. And so one of the things to remember is these, the, the struggle is not that much different. We're all sexual beings. God created us both to be sexual, to experience pleasure in sex. And so we're both visually stimulated. Yes, women are more emotional with about sex than men, or, and by and large. I don't want to paint 
giant brushstrokes with that, but that's true. We're, we're created to be more emotional. There's exceptions, obviously, um, but we're also visual. And so the struggle itself, the, the cycle of addiction, the, the way that it manifests itself because of shame and triggers and emotional triggers, the way that it begins and the cycle continues is not unlike men. And so that's something to really understand. I'm hearing you say we have more in common yeah. than we might think. Yeah, absolutely. More in common for sure. So while our struggles are largely similar, the way that men and women are portrayed in porn does seem to be very different. Could you speak a little bit? Yeah. yeah, it is very different. Um, I mean, it depends on what pornography you're watching, obviously, but it does come down to the the strong masculine man and the super sexualized woman. Um, and so there becomes, for women who watch pornography, there becomes this distorted view of herself as being someone who's supposed to be hypersexual and like always sexy and always available and always just on and ready to go when of course that's not the reality men who are married and who are listening to this know that um <laughs> that that's not how yeah. women function right um and but but pornography distorts that and it begins to change the woman's mind and how she sees herself but also how she sees men because men in pornography are also largely abusive and so women are, are expecting in sex for men to be strong and abusive and aggressive and for women just to take it and just to accept whatever comes. And that's also a very dangerous thing to, to be taught visually and emotionally. Right. It's that pornographic style of relating. Yeah. Which we take into the bedroom and we take mm -hmm. into our single lives. And it teaches men to be that way too, right? It teaches right. men that if you're sexually aggressive and the women will, if they don't mm -hmm. accept it, then something's wrong with them, yeah. um, which is of course not true. Totally agree. So we have these groups where guys are meeting together privately, where women are meeting together privately. How can we support each other better on this journey? Yeah. I mean, you don't ever want, I mean, I never, ever, 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 ever condone a co-ed group like ever um, however there's opportunity for some interaction i think in a safe capacity where we can understand each other's burdens in a unique way and so that we can have meaningful conversations about what we're learning about pornography and how it's not true and kind of relearning and re branding sex um, in a healthy way. And these kind of things can be events at church. These things can be something that's in a safe environment where we're not, we're not having like, you know, emotional conversations and having like, let's pair off. But no, it's like, it's kind of more of a broad sense of the conversation. Yeah. I don't even know how that looks like. I'm just, I can just made that up in my head right now, but I think that there's <laughs> something that would, that in that we could possibly begin to, to, to kind of bring out somehow. Um, yes. But I think, but I think there's something to that. <laughs> and it's a great lead in to this upcoming conference that yeah. you are partnering with Covenant Eyes to host. Could you tell us more about that? Absolutely. It's called the She Virtual Recovery Summit. She stands for Support, Heal, and Empower. And it's for women who struggle with pornography, sexual addiction, love addiction, relationship addiction, you know, all the different 
addictions and compulsions that are in the same family as sex and sexuality. It's to my knowledge is the first of its kind. Um, and it's something that it's been on my mind for a while to put together. I've put on conferences in the past with my organization, but it was more about whole women's kind of wholeness. But I really wanted to create something that was just for women who struggle. No more Beth Moore studies, no more, <laughs> you know, these sweet, you know, conversations, but yeah. let's really talk about the things we're struggling with in a really mm -hmm. real way. And so I have rallied together almost 40 speakers to share on these issues. And they're women who range from, yeah, your mind's blown. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there from, were 40 people working on this in existence. Yes, exactly. Um, so well, almost 40 women, they don't all have a personal story of pornography or sex addiction, but actually most of them do. Probably 30 or so have their, their own story of some kind of sexual addiction compulsion issue in their past. But they're also counselors. They are people who are on the advocacy side, who are talking about human trafficking, who are talking about you know pornography's role in that and kind of giving some, um, some real in your face statistics about these issues. So that when those who struggle can, if they have no other reason to give up porn, let but the fact that, you know, it, it contributes to human trafficking and it's not yes. victimless be the reason why. Right. Um, and so it is prim primarily a faith-based event, but we are trying to keep it a little bit open just to make it um, appealing to all. Um, but most of our, our speakers are of, of a faith-based persuasion um, and are sharing healing from a, from a biblical perspective. Um, but I think men would find it really interesting in the sense that, I think their eyes will be opened to just how similar our stories really are mm. um, because they're not that much different. Um, a lot of the times, even for men, pornography addiction is rooted in some kind of trauma, some kind of emotional brokenness that happened in childhood or adolescence. Yes. And it's, it's, it's medicating it emotionally. And so it's the same thing for women. And for whatever reason, pornography, sex, sexuality, masturbation, whatever it is, it provides those longings in a counterfeit way. Um, so it's not unsimilar to what men deal with. And I think that this event itself not only will be eye-opening, but maybe even healing um, because there's so much in it that I think that they could take for their own lives and their own experiences and, and really take heart. Yes, we can experience so much healing from hearing someone else share their story. And that's what happened mm -hmm. to you. And that's yeah. about to happen in a big way at this conference. Yeah. It sounds like men are invited. Absolutely. We'd love for men to participate. Um, we, we, we definitely encourage pastors, ministry leaders, counselors to be a part of the conversation as well. There are some events taking place within the summit that men are not invited to, and those are kind of the virtual meetups times where we're trying to get women engaged together right. for accountability. But no co-ed. No co-ed. <laughs> yep. um, but, but other than that, they're welcome to attend any, any of the pre-recorded or the live events with the exception of the virtual ones, virtual meetup events, and they're encouraged to do so. And and it's free. It's free to attend during the summit week. Um, each day is available for 48 hours to watch. And then after that, it's, ex it's expired for free, but you can also purchase an all access pass and get this content. I mean, I don't even know how many, I'm, I'm still editing videos at this point, but <laughs> it's several, several, several hours of content. I mean, probably 
30 or 40 hours of content in total once we're done, once we're done with with the live events and everything. Um, And so it's a lot to take in all in one week. So we do encourage those who can to get the Alexis pass and be able to use it anytime they want. Awesome. So guys, if you're watching, if you're listening, let's get a group of husband material men together to attend the She Virtual Summit and support our sisters in Christ. Can you remind me when exactly this is taking place? Absolutely. It's taking place October 5 through 9, 2020, this year, the year that won't stop. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But hopefully there's this will be a light point in in the midst of it. Um, So yeah, October 5 through 9, 2020 launches early Monday morning um, and ends late Friday night. Let's do this. I am so excited. Crystal, thank you for giving us a window into how much we have in common. And I'm sure this conference will open up so much more in that direction. What is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? Seeing other women be set free. That to me is my favorite thing, is is to see how my story and my training in God um, and is using it to bring other women to freedom. That's my favorite part. Crystal, thank you so much for spending this time with us. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you for, thank you for bringing women to the table to have these conversations. I think that's something else that's really critical is you, you men have a unique position, specifically inside the church, let's just say that, um, where you can bring this issue to light in a way that we can't as women. Mm-hmm. And so pastors, your pastor, whatever, when you're hearing sermons or conversations about pornography and you're hearing conversations, whether it's, whether it's a sermon or a new group is forming and the pastor or whoever is saying, men, you know, you need to stop watching porn. I want you to stop them. Even if you have to stand up in the middle of the service and say, Hey, this is not just a problem for men, y'all. This is a problem for women too. Yeah. And bringing us to the table. And Jessica Harris, who's a, who's a blogger and a speaker on these issues as well, she has a beautiful saying where it says it's a really simple thing to bring women into the conversation. And it's simply this. When you're talking about pornography addiction, all you have to say is and women. Men and women struggle with pornography. It's as simple as that. And so the more we can do that as a body of believers – the more women will come out of the woodwork and find the help that they need. Yes, <laughs> I'm so fired <laughs> up right now. I can't wait to be that guy who stands up in church. Just got to find my moment. Yes, it'll, it'll come up, I promise. <laughs> awesome. So if you want to register for the She Virtual Summit, go to shevirtualsummit.com, S-H-E, which stands for Support, Heal, Empower. I'm committed to be there. Join me, join Crystal. Let's do this. And always remember, my friends, you are God's beloved son. In you, he's well-pleased.